Hello, residents of Meeple Town. This is Dean. Johnny Cackle. And today we are looking at Alma Mater. Then we're going to be doing a top five card drafting game. So thanks for joining us for episode number 54. All right, residents of Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see Dean peeking, peeking through the microphone. Why did you say that a second ago, Dean? I, I was making sure that our microphones weren't peeking. Oh, that's right. So I started peeking up. But, but you know what he's doing? He's also wearing a tuxedo or a suit <laughs> or a shirt. And What do you wear when you do weddings, Dean? Uh, a suit. Yeah. A suit. Yeah. Uh -huh. So that's it. Just a suit. That's pretty normal, actually. D That's the normalest thing I've been wearing on the show ever. Normalist? Mm-hmm. Is that a word? Most normal. Most normal. M most people say most normal, but to be more normal or normaler, I say normalist. I'm so abnormal, I don't even know how it works. There we go. Normality. So you should understand normaler or normalist. Mm. How'd the wedding go? <laughs> Dean did a wedding this weekend. Did it go good? It did. Well, it was did it go really, well? Excuse my English. It was beautiful. It was outside... 72 oh, degrees it's so nice at sunset it was beautiful i almost wanted to be johnny fall because of in tennessee fall hit this weekend starting on like friday maybe i can't remember that being said it'll probably be 100 degrees next week but i know today nice again okay at this moment i have shorts and t-shirt on but it was chilly it was like 50 this morning i wore I pants all weekend jeans because i and i had been wearing shorts for sure so it has been nice y'all know why i'm johnny cackle you know let's, why I'm Johnny let's Cackle. Let's hear it. Let's hear it, John. Let's hear the cackle. Well, first of all, you know how I've made fun of Dean when he didn't plug in the audio interface, if you There's... remember five episodes ago or something. For some reason today, I decided to plug the audio interface into my computer, which makes no sense at all because I don't do the recording. And when I did that, I was thinking of how bad I made fun of Dean, and I laughed, and it came out like a witch's cackle. It was something. <laughs> That was not me editing or, you know, plugging something That was in. literally me right then. That's good. I didn't even know I could do that. It's the best thing you can do on the show. <laughs> I didn't even, I've never done that in my life. We'll have to use that. Can we use that in something? Halloween themed games or something like that? I guess. Okay. We'll I want to go back and hear what that, I know what it sounded like in my head. Oh, it sounds great. It, I thought it sounded kind of good. <laughs> it did. It's one of the better cackles I've heard in my day. That's, I'm going to go try out for the next Wizard of Oz movie. That will probably never come out. <laughs> yeah, it will. They had the one with, what's his name? Franco? Mm, you're thinking of Michael Jackson. Is that <laughs> the Wiz? No. <laughs> I'm talking about the the Wizard of Oz. You know what I'm talking about. Stop laughing. You know what I'm talking about. Quit... quit. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about um, the Oz the Great and Powerful. Is that what it's called? Oz? That's exactly right. Yeah. What's that guy's name? Uh, Oz, the wizard. The What's wizard. his actual name? James Franco. Is James that Franco. That one? Thank yeah. you. I knew Franco forgot the James part. I always love when we go off on these uh, these pop culture tangents that I know nobody's name. I know not a lot of movies. I just yeah, I'm not the neither. pop culture guy. Neither one of us are apparently. And all of you listening out there that are recognize that about us that's exactly right <laughs> before we go to our board game poll I oz do... the great and powerful there you there's go. a second one of that too a sequel 
Was there? Yeah, I never saw it. Maybe I, I saw did. the first. Or did I? I think I did. Now that you're saying that, huh? What? What's <laughs> happening right now? <laughs> I I think isn't there. Oz the Great and Powerful too. I think Dean's sucking me into his delusion and I'm believing him. That's right. Yeah, there's a second one. And Okay. Maybe I did see that. Did you ever see uh, Return to Oz? No. Oh, that's creepy. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, <laughs> before, show. before we get into the poll, I was going to say something. And Oh, how about those Detroit Lions oh, and Tennessee on. Titans? Not every week. I'm done. We take your record and we reverse it. What happened to you guys? Well, I'll tell you what's happened for the last 11 games. That's that we lost them. Have you lost 11 games in a row? That is correct. You want to know how many Why leads? is Matt Patricia still your coach? You want to know? No, no, no. Actually, I think yesterday I made 12. Do you, know, do you know how many leads we've had in those games? A lot. All of them except one. Yeah. You guys have actually not. Last week we had like a 17-point lead. Yesterday we, had, we were up 14 to 3. We're not a good team. We're not well coached. We're not. Your coach is on his way out. We're not. Uh, we don't have good management. Yeah. He out. Yep. He won't last unless there's a great turnaround. Okay. So let's get to board games. Thank goodness. For all those who okay. are like, oh my gosh, I'm tired of talking about this, hearing about this nonsense. Is it a poll time? It's what? a poll time. I really right. thought about cackling again, but I felt save it. like it Just was. Just save it. Yeah, it, it was it, too It'll much. be a good time. You'll know in your heart when it's time to cackle. You know those movies where someone tells a bad joke and then they keep telling it and you just cringe the whole time? Yes, I call that my I life. I hate those. <laughs> I actually <laughs> oh. really like doing that. Oh, you are. That's... Okay. Do you know what Do you know what the poll question is? No clue. I don't think you've seen this one. I didn't even tell you this one. Was it? I didn't have internet service this weekend at the wedding, so Ooh. if you did it this weekend, I have no clue. That's actually a good thing. I bet it was nice to not have internet service. It was. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, Dean... Really likes holiday and seasonal games. And we had some comments on some of our YouTube videos about that. Even one asking for a top 10 or something fall games. Did you see that comment there, Dean? No. Oh, and I said, it's because I responded and said, I need to talk to Dean about that. Top so 10 I, fall games? Yeah, so Dean, I'm talking asking? to you about this. Ooh, I would like that. Okay. Here, here's the thing. I almost request, suggested this instead of the drafting game, but then I was really having a hard time coming up with this. But here's the question. Do you have particular games that you play during certain seasons or holidays? This is a yes or no question? It's a no. It's a yes, absolutely. Sort of, sometimes. It's, that's one. Second one. So it's like, yeah, I sort of do, or I sometimes do. Or lastly, never or not much. So do you think okay. most board gamers have games that they play during certain seasons and holidays? Let me clarify the second that second answer. Yeah. So it's... Yes, like some holidays I do and some I don't. Is that, yes. Okay. So that's why that's I put, instead of just sometimes, I kind of put sort of sometimes. So yeah, like during certain seasons, I sort of do it. I sometimes do it. Then the very last one is not much or never. So probably I would rarely. Say, I would say I see a lot of people that post myself. Actually, I'm the only one that I see that does this. Post Christmas games. I think Christmas, Halloween, that might be it. Like Christmas and Halloween are, are the biggies, I would say. Okay. Are the themed ones? There might be some other ones that I'm maybe maybe people that play Hanabi at Fourth of July, but I don't I don't think like that's the as new big patchwork that was the Americana version that looks kind of American flaggy at least here in the U.S. I don't. We're we're speaking only yeah. U.S. holidays at the moment. 
and, and worldwide. Right, right. That's true. US so and worldwide. I would say that maybe because of that, because there's not a ton of those holidays that people would do that, maybe I would give the, I would say number two, B. You're going to be pretty surprised. Okay. No. There's no? one that just dominated. Everything else is not even close. Okay, then the first one. <laughs> strike strike two. I cannot tell 60, you. 69.6. 70% of people said never or never? not much. Only 17% said sort of and sometimes, and only 13% said yes, absolutely have certain games. People are missing out. You know... I, I thought about putting sometimes or sort of, but I actually looked back and went, when did I do it? And the only thing I could think of is I play Santa's workshop at Christmas. So I, that's why I put not much or never because right. one time a year. That was have C. I done that. C was not much or never. So, yeah. so people, okay. All right. I could see you, you, you put it, you botched it. You put, now you always, <laughs> you put the wrong answers on there. That's, you got to save that for like another month. That's the last Hold one. Hold on to that though. Bring that back in about That's a month. People one. are going to love it. <laughs> I'm terrible at impersonations. So I'm glad you, that came out right. Who are you impersonating? A witch. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Johnny Cackle. So yeah, you did. You botched it. You think you should have just put yes, no, or sometimes. <laughs> oh my gosh. You want to do the next poll? You did too. What? There's two polls? No, I'm saying do you want to do you want to do the next poll since oh. you're an expert at polls? <laughs> <laughs> Just run it by me next time. That's all I'm asking. Um no I don't. But uh, yeah, okay. I maybe I'm the weirdo. Like I, I just, you know, you know, fall's coming up, key flower time. That's what I'm thinking. I don't think that through most of the year though. I'm thinking that we have a lot of not all by any stretch. We have a lot of euro gamers who don't care about theme that much that follow us. Ask people if they do that for movies. That's what I want to know. I definitely, I definitely do that for movies. Yeah, we Christmas. started. We started watching. We Christmas. watched Dan in Real Life last night, which is a fall favorite for us. It's not even. We're not even quite there yet, right? It's when's fall? Today? Today is fall? I don't know. Is that right? I have no idea. Literally, no idea. September twenty first. I, I don't follow twenty second. That kind of stuff. <laughs> That's good. It's true though. I don't. <laughs> Anyway, we started watching fall movies because when it turns colder, we have we watch that. We watch Monster House. We watch some Halloween movie. Not scary. We're not big horror film people at all, but we watch like Monsters Inc. Hocus Pocus <laughs> and Monsters Inc. Those sort of things. Yes. Yeah, uh, um, we don't except for at Christmas. Christmas, I absolutely have a, about eight to ten movies we watch every Christmas. No doubt about it. Yeah. Okay, I gotta say it. All right. I'm already getting You're so getting- excited. About the Hallmark Christmas movies. Oh my gosh. Get out of here, Dean. <laughs> I had a conversation about it this weekend and I just got my blood was pumping. Man, it's it's time. It's time. Y'all. I'm gonna switch who over I, this my is attention. Who my, I co host to start listening to the uh, Deck the Hallmark guys because they're fantastic. Boy. All right. Let's do a review. You think Are they still a thing? Do you listen to them? <laughs> I've never listened to them. Yeah, I listen to Deck the Hallmark guys. They're funny. They're really good. Much better than us. Maybe if it was like Deck the Hallmark, like I clobbered the Hallmark, then I might listen to it. Hey, all right. Hold that thought. We'll talk after the show. John okay. and I might be having a new a new podcast coming oh. out. All right, what are we doing now? We're so we about- usually talk about games we've been playing lately, but since we're trying to keep the episodes a little bit shorter, <laughs> we're going to go to Alma Mater because we have a top five list to do. So what do you think? 
Let's Segue get, us. Let's get to alma mater. Speaking of fall time. Is that not the Is that not the like New Year's song? Probably. It's, you did that for the video too. <laughs> and I was like, I think that's the New Year's song. Don't care. Okay. Don't know, don't care. Speaking of fall It just felt appropriate. <laughs> speaking of fall games, Alma Mater is a game about building up a university when it's fall time. That's when universities start back, college football and all that, right? There's no college football in Alma Mater for sure. Yeah, it's like 14th, I mean, 15th, 16th century. Yeah, but it's fall time. University's starting back. Let's play some alma mater. Okay. Tell people how to play it, John. That's what you wanted to start off? He said, can I start this one? That's what you, that's, I was really excited about what you were going to say. That's what I said. Mm -hmm. That's Actually, it makes sense though. It does make sense. I'm with you. Okay, alma mater. This is what we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty good. That was like a wipeout. That was was Dean's. Obviously, that was Dean's. So basically, the rest of this episode, we're just going to cackle. This is the like, worst episode ever. We are going everywhere. Okay. There are no rails. If you are first-time listeners, we love you and we care for you. All right. So, hey, let's not forget about Rick from Game Point, what he shared. We're going to do that before we do the top five about the games. Okay. So now we're back on track. In Alma Mater, this is what we're doing. We have masters. We start with four masters. We're sitting them out to worker placement spots. On those spots, we're building a university, Dean. We'll talk about if, if it's thematic or not in a minute. We're going to go get students for our university. we got to pay books to do that. We may go get professors for our university so that they can give lectures to give us bonus actions. We can go to spots that um, help us go up the uh, research track, doing some research, spots that give us cash. That's a lot of it. So on your turn, you're simply going to send your master or masters out. If there's no one on the spot, you put one of them on there. If Dean has one on that spot, I can still go, but i got to put two. got to put one more then, like Keyflower. Right, Deanie? And I either do that or I turn my professor sideways, 90 degrees, pay for the book that's on him or her, and I do a lecture and do whatever it says on the book. And that's it. I'm putting students into my personal university, my kind of tableau area, nice recessed boards. We'll talk about that. Or, uh, yeah, or I'm getting professors and getting victory points, getting some moolah. Let's game. Let's do this. Let's just quit the podcast and play this game. I might be okay with that. Dude. We'll see. Or maybe not. Maybe we hate this game. Maybe we do. Art and components. I'm just going to toss it over. Dean? Let me throw this out there first. So Designer is the, yes. the Akitoka uh, crew who did Coimbra, Gizia, um, Lorenzo, Il Magnifico. Is that right? They did all of those? At least some of them did. Um, yeah. yeah I, it's it's listed. So the designer, I know that, that Flaminia, Bersini, and um, Virginio Gigli... I think have done all those. Stefano Luperto did a lot too, and then Antonio Tinto. I believe it would be Gigli, Gigli, Gigli. Okay. No, I don't think it's. I don't. I think that I it was G Gigli. is like a E. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I don't remember. It's been, you may be right. It's been a bit since I've taken Italian. I have to say this though. That was the best I've ever. I've bought botched their names many times, and that was probably botched seventy percent, but a lot better than eighty nine percent. That's very specific. I don't, I don't even know why I said that. Art is by Chris Williams. This is uh, published by Egret Spiel in the 
here. I'm pretty sure it's published. Well, it's got two other publishers listed on here. We have the Eggert Spiel version of this. This one plays in 90 to 150 minutes, two to four players. There we go. There Our we go. Components. What do you? I'm all. Do you want to go first? Because I know you. He was probably losing sleep last night. Giddy, excited to talk about the art and components of this game. <laughs> Maybe so. You know, we talk a lot about some artists that we really like, right? And we don't talk about Chris Williams. We enough. talk right. You're exactly right. That's John. true. Chris Williams has is has a hundred and one games that he's credited credited for. That's Pandemic Legacy. I'm just kind of all all the pandemic stuff. Coimbra, uh, the new Carcassonne version, um, the Century Golem edition. Azul. Mer- right. Mer- I think he did Reef too. Merchants of Marauders. I mean, it's a lot of games, and you know what? They're good. Mm-hmm. Chris, yeah, absolutely. Chris Williams is excellent at what he does. He does. Um, he does. He, uh, is. He, he does. That's right. <laughs> he does an amazing job. Can't and I up. feel like, I know we've mentioned him before because there's a lot of games that we like that, that he has done the art for, but he's, he, yep, yeah, great, phenomenal job on this one as well. Uh, a lot, it's that same art style as um, Coimbra. Mm-hmm. Looks very similar to that. And, yep, I don't have really. N- really big negative things to say about the art and components of this game. I love the recess boards. Love them. I love the art in this game. Now the yes. art on the board is not, it's not like a big part of the board, but it's there. And if you look at it, it's really cool, but the box is beautiful. Mm-hmm. The art on the cards and the, um, and the tiles, all of that is, is fantastic. So I really, really like the art and components. And then there's the books. I was, you if know, you I didn't say mention it. the books, I was going to be hugely disappointed. The books are okay. Yeah, right. The books are amazing. You love those books. I love little, little tiny books. Little baby books. And they look like books. They're little plastic books that have like white pages wow. and nailing it. They're they're really cool. They are. And they're a currency. Books are a currency in this game, which is also cool. There's also there's also money, but books act as a as a form of currency in this game, which I think is really cool. Yep, and we will, we will get to that stuff. Did I you say woo woo. We woo. <laughs> All right, oh, woo 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 woo. Yeah. All right, go uh, ahead. Uh, uh, boo boo. Hey, hey, boo hey, boo. We used that a couple oh, episodes boy. ago. That was good. Thanks. All right, so I agree with you. I love the art in this game. I love the recess boards. I love the books. My only complaint, I mean, yeah, you could have like, you know, metal coins and stuff. But again, I prefer a game that costs me less than $50. That for We'll talk about is it worth it, but there's a lot in the box for the price. Also, nice insert, Dean, in the box. So you're not just throwing everything in a Ziploc bag and toss it in the box. But my only complaint is this. I really enjoy Edgar Spiel games. But I have had two games in a row, Coimbra and this, that were completely missing components that I've had to email them in. I'm just saying it, Dean. Whole sets of components. Yeah, right? yeah. Like the, all the blue player discs in this game were gone. They just didn't come in the box. And same thing, I think, in Coimbra. And so, like, they are very, just send them, they go ahead and they sent me with Coimbra. They sent them right back. But I'm like, man, that's really disappointing to if have. If you're planning a game night around that. Yeah. And you have four players, then you're in bad shape. Yeah. Two games in a row. I had to, I have to email them. And I get a lot of games, and that doesn't happen all that often. But it has twice in a row. So, I felt I needed to mention that. That's a little damper on all the great glory. But besides that, everything is all good. There you go. I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out there, too. It's do you the- have to do that much? Do you mind if I ask? Have you had to email or publishers much and say, "Hey, your game came with this component missing or that component missing"? It's been a while. Um, the last one I can remember is 
Nancy Narking, maybe, maybe the last one I can remember. And I never emailed him. It was a, it was a miniature that was missing one of the the riders on the horse. Oh yeah, just completely off of there. But I was like, that's because you got that one. It's as a very a review copy. Yeah, it was a review copy. Yeah. I didn't. I, I love the it's game. It's kind of hard to nitpick that. I really enjoy it, and I also you send it for free. Can you mind sending us this? <laughs> <laughs> but for their sake, you know, I wanted them to. But you don't use those in all the time, yeah. you know. So it wasn't. in and, and there's four of them. And you don't always use the fourth one. So I didn't mind just leaving that one out. This calendar year, I've had it three times. Three times. Um, well, if you count Christmas, and I didn't open it until January, Zulkin was missing a, one of the pins for the gears. And so I couldn't spin my gear right. It was just falling all over the place. But they gave that right. And then Coimbra and then um, Alma Mater. That's why I mentioned this, because it doesn't happen that often. So to have back-to-back games that happen is Vast. disappointing. Vast uh, Mysterious Manor was missing a tile of all things. Like out of the punch board, and I looked everywhere. Like it, there, it was just was not there. So anyway, yep. Alma Mater, great components. That was an issue that you had, but then they fixed it right away. So not a big deal. I think they did. They they don't send an email like confirming anything. You just get it in your mailbox. I would. You I, have it though, right? I got Coimbra's. I don't have. Uh, I don't. Oh, have I Alma thought Mater's. I saw the blue books in mm-hmm. there. Okay. They have the blue books. It was. It's the the discs that mark the your scoring and oh, your, right. where you're at on okay. the placement track and all that kind of stuff. So there should be. Yeah, the three blue discs were just gonzo. Okay. As I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's fine. Gameplay. Are we ready for that? Sure. You may okay. go first this time. Yeah, I was tired of listening to you whine about those discs. I, oh, it's not whining. I'm not whining. Again. I'm not whining. I'm just making a statement. I mean, overall, it's all good. So, gameplay. The color palette. That's what I was going to say. It's an amazing color palette. Yes. In this one. The colors are just... I do love the color palette in this one. Very cool. Yeah, my only complaint is that dictionaries are yellow, which is the color I play. So I can't ever be yellow in this game. So I'm sad. Sorry. It's a, it's a very pastel kind of color palette. Like a nice, nice little pastel green. But they're bright, you know? Yeah, it's not exactly pastel. But that's exactly the way I would describe it, yeah. being a non-art person. It seems pastel, like bright pastels. Is that a thing? We just made it a thing. <laughs> I doubt that. Call that. That's my yeah. band name. <laughs> band name called it Bright Pastels. Bright Pastels. Okay. So... All right, I, I I've heard a lot of really good things about this game, uh, for people that I highly respect. So I, I set it up, I began to play it. Um, some things that I enjoyed about it, I like having. I have to say, Dean, I feel like this is slightly thematic. Would you like to comment on that? Like I play a lot of Euro games that have absolutely no theme. <laughs> now this, you're it asking the guy who plays like Dungeon yeah, Crawls. Yeah, it's true. I, it doesn't. It, it doesn't feel highly thematic by any stretch. But I did notice sometimes during this game where I said, oh, cool, I got another professor in my university, or I got a new student in my university. That's about as thematic as it gets. But, Dean, would you say it is or not at all? Yeah, to that extent. To I would that say extent. so. I would say so. You know, That's a positive for me. If I, no, 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 no. I agree with you. As, as far as, like, Euros like this go, I would say, yeah, this is, this is fairly thematic. Um, although, you know, if I were going to start a university, paying – students to come to my university using books might well actually that does work it's like you're giving them a scholarship maybe is that maybe like to get free books yeah so dean what dean is saying is <laughs> is the the way so let's just use that as a segue into the way the books work in this game how about that yep so the books are as dean said a type of currency you're going to spend them to get new students you're going to spend them to get professors you're also going to spend them potentially to go up the research track but what's interesting about this game that I really do like, Dean, you can share how you feel about it, is that at the end of each round, whoever is the highest on the research track, their book, 
becomes the most valuable because there are certain students that require level one books. So that would be the person who is in first or level two books. That was, And so it's much easier in this game to get your books than it is to get other people's books. Far cheaper. Right, Dean? Correct. And so there's a worker placement spot that you can do that and pay like a buck, uh, a ducat or ducat, as Dean says. So we don't have to argue I about think, that. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's what uh, who cares? I've heard people say. I don't know. Ducat. Ducat. Sounds cooler. Ducat sounds a little bit more foo-foo. And that's the kind of person I am. But so you may have to spend, um, yeah. So if you, if you want you want your book to be level one, if you want if you need to spend level ones especially, so that you can get those easier. So there's an interesting way that throughout the game, every round, the value I'm doing quotes in the air of your books change, and you would like yours to be the highest. Though there is a little bonus if you don't, you get a cu- little bit more income. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a catch up mechanism in the game. Um, slight, very slight, slight catch-up very mechanism. slight catch up mechanism. Um, but so. That's pretty interesting. The other thing that is interesting about the books is that I can easily get my own by going to a worker placement spot on my board. So my students, there's two students that can come out that are worker placement spots that help you get books, your own books. But then um, I have to go buy Dean's books if I want other books and other players' books. In a two-player game, there is Ignotus. That sounds pretty like he's sticking his nose up at us. Ignotus. And you can buy Ignotus's books or Dean's books, and they end up being, depending on, and the price varies depending on where they're at on their bookshelf. If their bookshelf's full, they're two bucks. You know, as you progress forward, uh, you may have to spend three, four bucks a book, which is really expensive. That's a lot. Money compared to one dollar. Yeah. Money is tied in this. How do you feel about the books in this game? I love that. Yeah. Um, I think it's really cool that that player interaction is, it's high, you know, because what happens is when you when you fill up your bookshelf that's your income for the next round so yep. if you have six books which is the max uh, right six, yes yeah six right. is the max then you'll get six dollars six ducats for that next round and so if you see somebody fill up there's double incentive for you to buy their books one because it's cheaper yep. for you but also because you don't want them to have that much income for the next round but then however they get bucks. you're giving them the money anyway yeah. so like it's it's a double-edged sword but that player interaction i think is really really cool it reminds me it doesn't remind me of brass, but it does in the sense of a lot of I think positive player interaction in this game. Yeah, uh-huh. there are. It does stink whenever someone you know. Of course, there's a worker placement spots that really stink if Dean goes there and you wanted to go there. Now you got to use two masters, you know, to go there. And 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 masters are very tight. The most you could ever have is six in this game. Um, but but if they buy your books and you're like wanted to have a full bookshelf then you still get something for them. But you do want to sell them because you get money right then and there. Getting two bucks for your books is better than getting one buck for your books. So you're kind of like, oh, no, my income. But, oh, no, he just gave me four bucks because I just sold two. I like that in the game. And And then you get victory points too, though. That's right. So it's positive. So on your shelf, whatever, depending on what bookshelf it is, one time a game, each of the six bookshelves are worth one or two victory or three for one of the tiles, three mm-hmm. victory points. So Dean buys from me and then picks one of those that he purchased from, flips it over and gets victory points. And all that can really change things in your planning mm-hmm. for the game too. So for example, John, um, <coughs> <laughs> Oh, I thought about, I'm not doing it again. Whoa. Hey, just keep this on. Dean's, Dean's struggling over there. He's mentioned my name and he's getting choked up. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I was not expecting that water to go down the wrong pipe there. All right, I think I'm good now. Okay. You ready? So John mentioned Ignotus earlier um, when you buy Ignotus's books. Now, 
some things will change in what the other players do because of that. So if John buys a book from Ignotus and I look over there and I think, wow, if I buy this book, it'll give me three points, even though I'm going to have to spend a worker to do that. And I didn't plan on doing that. Yeah. Spending, you know, some money to get that many points is a big benefit. And sometimes that happens. Not only that, but if, uh, let's say I don't have any money, so I'm kind of planning to take the spot where I get money, but I have a full bookshelf. And then all of a sudden John buys, you know, four books from me and I've got a bunch of money now that really changes your whole planning. Yeah. And so not to say you can't plan ahead cause you, you for sure can plan ahead in this sure. game, but sometimes things like that happen and it changes in such a good way. You know, yeah. sometimes it's bad, but sometimes it's really good that now, now I have a lot of money and I can maybe go to the spot to take a professor because I've already had the books. I just didn't have yeah. the money or whatever you want to do with that money. It's really cool. Yeah, and we don't want to get I don't want to get into the weeds of the way the books work, but another really cool thing is when you go to the professors, the first person to get a professor, now you have as many professors as there are players, so everyone has a chance to get them. But when you go to the first spot, you have to pay money if you're the first one there, but you also choose which color books. So it may say you have to pay two of one color, one of one color, and another of one color. And Dean has to pay the five bucks, which really stinks, but maybe he would probably pay two of his own color, which are harder for me to get, which then adds that player interaction of Dean's like, and if I do this, now John's going to probably have to buy two of my books. There is one worker placement spot on the board where you can get a book for four bucks, but that is expensive. Yes. So you think, oh man, I got to spend five bucks, but also you're thinking, oh yeah, but I might get at least four of those back because John's going to have to buy those books from me potentially, unless he does it another way, which it is possible but not as likely. I think that that's really brilliant, actually, the way that yeah. that plays out. And this is where the the professors and the students really come into play, too, because they change the rules for everything. You yeah. know, there, there is a tile, one of the students, that allows you to reset the prices of yes. your books. That's and right. that's a big deal, right? Yeah. Um, I don't often take that one, but I can see the benefit of it. I know. I don't either because I feel like it's delayed gratification, but it could be really powerful. Yeah. If some of your two books you change to four, that's, I mean, even if they bought it twice in the game, that's, money is really tight in this game. It is. I didn't mean let, to, go ahead. Let me, let me stop at the pupils for a second because, or students, whatever they're called, but the students, I think are really interesting because, you know, sometimes there's the obvious students in this one. Uh, you know, in games like there's the obvious ones that you're going to get and obvious ones that are going to get left behind. I think that they're all the students seem to be very valid. Like I've, sure. I feel pretty confident I that I have taken all except that one because, again, delayed gratification and I want it now. Yeah. Um, but all the other students I've, I think I've taken and I've, you know, benefited from them quite highly just yep. given specific situations on what professors come out what are the uh, the objectives at the bottom of the board yeah come top bottom bottom of the board come out um all that changes what you're going to do and changes your strategy but i do think the students have a lot of value especially with gaining income which is important yeah you're about to go into money so i thought that was important well yeah i mean i wasn't going to say i was just going to say money is tight in this game and the first time you play it i don't think oftentimes you really realize it and Dean, Dean, you really struggled with money the first time that we played this game. Oh, yeah. And and I didn't do great with money the first time I played this game either. Um, I struggled with everything in that first game that I played. Yeah. yeah. I'll mention that in my final thoughts. Okay. But. Yeah, that's that's good. So, yeah, it's, it's, it is really tight, but you can build an engine, and you have a little engine building thing with your students, and you can build a money engine. you got to figure out how can I get the monies coming, how can I get some books coming, and, you know, kind of go from there. But I'll say probably my favorite part of the game, and then you can talk about whatever you want, Dean, and then we can move on. This whole game revolves around timing, I feel like, to play it optimally. Doing the right thing 
at the right time because there is a research track. On this research track, a couple things are hugely important. I mentioned one earlier. It determines the value of your books, number one, at the end of each round. Number two, there are bonuses when you get to the top of each card. There's A, B, C, D, E. There's new cards every time you play the game. Love that. Mm-hmm. Really raises the variability of this game up. because It totally changes. You may The students are actually the same every game. Professors are not. I wish there were some more students, and I believe there's an expansion with more students. But... The way that New students expansion yeah. is what it's called. There yeah. you go. The way that that research track, you have to go up it. I think, I think you have to, I mean, maybe, maybe you could just blow it off a little bit, but Ooh, at the end, it'd be tough because yeah. at the end of the game, first place gets 12 points. Second place gets seven, I think, or five, depending on how many players are playing. And then like if, when we've played three player, Dean and I, the last place place gets zero points. So if Dean says, I'm going to care about it, and I say, I don't, he's going to score 12 points, and I'm going to get zero. So that's 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 hugely important. Plus, he's going to get all those bonuses that he's getting at the top of each of those cards that I am not getting. I just, I'm not sure if you can play this game. So you really need to go up that track. But man, the timing is crazy in this game because there's two <laughs> ways to go up the track. One is you go to a spot or use a professor that has a green gear, which lets you go up one on the spot and you don't have to have a requirement or pay the cost. The other is a gear with three that you can go up to three spots on the track, but some of the spots have requirements or costs or requirements or costs. Like if you have three professors, you're fine. If you don't, you got to pay two books. I don't know. I just made that up. And so timing getting to go up especially that three gear track timing that i got to get this professor to get this to get that to get to go up this optimum amount of times but also i want to get up there i need to go faster because if i get to that spot i get five coins and so i need to get that so what's worth it and you're constantly balancing this weight of when to go where at the right time and when you get those ones that you just nail it and the stars align you feel smart. Yeah. You're yeah. like, yeah, got it. Which means you really need to plan ahead in this game in all aspects. In all mm-hmm. aspects, you really need to plan ahead. But when you're talking exactly about right. moving up that track, you need to think, okay, if I take this spot, I can move up three. However, I'm going to have to have 25 or you know, 15 ducats for this spot. And yeah. then, you know, whatever it is, however you're moving up. But then, like... If I if I get ahead of this person, I'm actually going to have to pay more. So maybe I can let them get ahead so that I can right. pay less. So there's a lot of thinking yeah, there ahead are, that there you are have to do. Places where it say like if you're ahead on the track, you have to pay two coins for everyone behind you. Yes, you know? which is another mech, uh, you know catch up mechanism. Slight again, it's not a huge catch up mechanism, but it's slight. as you'll see in our final thoughts that you know you can really blow someone away in this game. I think so. And one thing that's interesting too, and then I'll get to the final thoughts is there's a spot on your board where you get books. I mentioned earlier, you get pay one buck, one money a book, Ducat duck it, whatever. But also you get to go up once on the track. And there's so many times in this game, Dean, where if you're not thinking, not planning ahead, you're going to miss getting to go up on that track because you didn't, you don't have the requirements, but oh my gosh, I need these stu- these books right now to get this professor. Do you know what I mean? But man, if I do that, I just feel like this game is all about efficiency and timing everything right and trying to align those things and a lot of grueling decisions. So final thoughts. Ducat. Ducat. So I got it right. You got it right. Nailed it. Ah, we probably could have looked that up beforehand. <laughs> a wee wee. Final thoughts. Is that what you said? That's not French, you know. You ready for my final thoughts? That was thoughts? a joke. I can go, you can go. Go for it. Who can go? You're on a, you're on a roll. You're, you're, all, you're all hyped I'm up. I'm all riled up. You're all riled up. Yeah, okay. So final thoughts about this game. 
really, really enjoy the engine building part of the students. Really, really enjoy the lectures and the professors. Most of all, I enjoy the research track and timing everything and trying to get everything timed correctly and plan everything ahead to where it all works together. Negatively, for some people, it can cause some AP in this game for sure, but that's any game that you're thinking Right? Anytime. I mean, you could play a game that's not that. Mm, I'm going to say this. There are certain games that are more AP prone. This one is very AP prone in that final round. In the final round. No doubt. You're going to spend a lot of time thinking, which is is why I think it has such a higher um, play time. I agree that at the beginning, it's not as AP prone. No, no, no. You can move pretty quickly. But as you get to the fourth, fifth, sixth round in particular, especially when you're trying to weigh your options on how to most optimally score your points because you want to win, obviously. Um, yeah, it can definitely be AP, a little bit AP prone. That doesn't really bother me in this game. I don't know what I want to play this at four. It would be more interesting for the books, for sure. That's I have not. Right. We've played it at um, at three or two players allows you to play it at three with uh, Ignotus too, which is really neat. I thought the two player variant was great. Let me chime in, yeah, because I don't. I, dummy players are not usually something that I love, but I've noticed companies doing a better job with those dummy players lately. This is a great example. Great example. Super simple. You just flip over a card, set their pieces, and then you're good to go. It takes like a minute. They take a board replacement spots. You throw yeah. some books on there. They go up the research track. Love it. Yeah, I do too. And, great And, and without player. it, it's it does it doesn't work. You know, yeah. you have to have that. So my only other concern with this game is is still wrestling. Is I, Dean made mention of, and he's going to say it. I'm going to use this before I give my score. To, to let him come into this final thoughts so we can have final thoughts together. Um, I think that this game can have a runaway winner and there's not a lot of, if you screw it up and someone, if someone gets ahead on the students and the professors and on the research track, I know that's a lot of ands that should not happen in the game, but it has happened in our games. Yeah. The first game I more than doubled Dean's score. The second game you almost doubled, I think. Well, a hundred to like one hundred fifty-five or something stupid like that. Like it was, a, he blew like, and we knew about the fourth round. This is going to be painfully hard for the other player to come back and win this game. So, is that a negative for you? Yep. Okay. Yeah, it definitely is. I think that no doubt. So, John had played this before me. He played it, um, and, and not that he taught it bad, or not that you know he didn't give me any heads up on things to expect. It was just I didn't I just did not plan well. I mean that's really what it came down to. You mentioned that I, I struggled with money, and I for sure did. The first half of that game I struggled with money, and then I got to the point where I didn't have to pay for um, I didn't have to pay money for the professors that I was drafting into my tableau, but I didn't have the books that I needed, yeah. and so like it was just a constant struggle. It felt like I felt like the Detroit Lions. It was rebuilding yeah. every year. You know, like every round I was like, okay, I can. I, now's the time like I can build up this wealth. And the problem with this game is you, you can build up a lot of wealth, but you can also spend it very quickly because sure. everything can become very expensive. And so that first game, I just did not, I did not have any good engine going with my money or books or anything for that matter. And so I was just kind of floundering every round. It was a struggle. It was awesome. And I'll say, <laughs> I will say this. You cannot judge this game based on your first play. At I all. agree with that. You can, but you, I, I didn't love this game at, at my first play. I just my didn't. wife di- has played it once with me and did not like it. She was like, she felt like like what you were saying. I think though she beat me by one point. So there's an example of it not being a blowout. It was super close the whole game. Neither one of you had played it at that point. No, and she said the game felt like work. 
kind of like what you're maybe experienced the first time. Like Very you, much. You could, she's like, yeah. I could never felt like I really got anything going. I was just constantly trying to get money and, but she had a lot of money. I don't know why she felt like that, but she did. Yeah. It, and it did it for me. It felt like a lot of work. And you know, if you know me, I don't, I don't want to work when I'm playing games. I just want to enjoy them. And that first game, it's not that I didn't enjoy it. It was just that it was, it was nothing special. It's worker placement. Yeah. You know, nothing special. However, when I understood the game better and started to play better in future plays, that's when it really started. You really to played shine. well the last game. Yeah, yeah, I did. I destroyed you. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I was. Yeah, I, I. Yeah, it was one of those things where you know when you're playing, sometimes it feels like it's flowing and you're making the connections, and sometimes it feels like you're not. I didn't play poorly. Dean just was really flowing, and I didn't play optimally either. And you did a great job. Let me let me throw another Hats potential off. negative with that. So the catch-up mechanism, which is fine. You know, there's lots of people who really don't want that. Jonathan, our friend, he doesn't like the idea of catch-up mechanisms because if you play bad, you play bad, which I'm with him to an extent on that. Um, the other part of this game, besides just being able to blow somebody away from the, um, from the, the catch-up mechanism, is you can often tell who's going to win this game earlier on. That's what yeah, I was going to say. We, I think by the fourth or fifth round, we both thought we've had, we've had, you were saying it in easy. the second round in our last game. I, I really, but I mean, you really, had, you were playing changed. really it well. It could have changed. Yeah. I could have come back. I, I knew at that point I can come back, but it was going to be even tough. Yeah. I made some boneheaded decisions. Yeah. It's an unforgiving game. Yeah, it is. It is, which I'm not against. You know, I'm not so, either. Sometimes I am. Sometimes I really don't. Again, if it feels like a lot of work, it's not forgiving. Yeah. I don't want to feel beat down all day. But with all that said, I love this game. Okay, go for it. Those were those were some minor quibbles. And I think minor, honestly, like, you know, the whole catch-up. I'm, I'm kind of with you on the catch-up. You don't have to have a major catch-up mechanism. I do like a little bit of one because it, it does get – it is not fun whenever you know 30 minutes – 45 minutes before the game ends, who's going to win? It's not that fun. Um, so I don't love that. Don't love that part about it. But, hey, it doesn't have to have that. Uh, you don't have to play like that. I've played games where it was super close. I really think this game, with the whole timing mechanic or you know whatever, of getting everything lined up right and making the right moves is an absolute blast. Eight and a half out of ten. This, so far, is my favorite game that's come out in 2020. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Are you going to share with that other There's one another game, I think, but I've only played it once that I prefer, but we might review it on the podcast. So I'm I not going to. I think you've told me about this yet, have you? I probably haven't told you how much I enjoyed my first play of it. But I'll say that this is at least number two at the moment, though there's still a lot of games to come out this year. Hugely thoroughly enjoyed this game. Eight and a half from you. Eight and okay. a half out of ten. All right, I'm going to mention one part that you may have mentioned in the beginning, and I don't remember now, but we haven't really talked about. But when you start off the game, you have cards that you're drafting to take your resources and to yeah, that determine. Was fun. Yeah, I love the start of the it's game. It's one of my favorite parts of the game, and yeah. I and I like lots of parts of this game. But I I think that's one of my favorite parts is I like in games when you start off with different things from other people, but. The interesting part is that you're drafting these cards, yeah. but then whoever has the least, each, each card has a value on there. Whoever totals the least amount of those cards that they get gets to pick from another card at the bottom yeah, from first. from a chancellor. From a chancellor first before other people do, which gives you another bonus. And I love that. We didn't talk the about game. the chancellors, but sometimes they, that's, I actually, it was stupid to not talk about those because I think that I playing those them. right, I'm talking to myself, <laughs> okay. playing those right, it's basically a perpetual bonus throughout the game. You get to go up the research track easier or something, get money easier, so forth and so on. 
They can be huge. I think playing those right is actually the key to the game. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. And so what Dean is saying is so glad he brought that up. You're so tempted to get more books at the beginning or this, but and sometimes when the chancellors come out, there's a couple that you're like, oh yeah, I could take that or I could take that. Fine, no problem. So it's okay. I'll take a lot of books instead. That's right. But there's sometimes wherever one seems to be. To me, wow, I really want that one. Maybe I don't know how to play the other ones optimally. I don't know. But Dean really used his great. The, the second game that we played, I really used mine great the first game we played. And guess what happened? The person who used theirs the best one. Yeah. Yeah. You, you mentioned, too, just getting books. It's not just books either. It's books. It's money. It is you potentially can get, you a, get student. a student. You yeah. can move up on the victory point track, which oftentimes you don't care about at the beginning of the game. However, in this one, when you get 15 points, you unlock, unlock another worker. worker, which is a really important thing. So moving really up on the victory important. point track early can be good. All that to say, I really enjoy that piece a lot. It's a great way to start the game off. I would say overall, this is just a regular worker placement game, but it's got some really interesting pieces. We talked about the books and the interaction that you have with those, mm-hmm. the student benefits that you get, and then the the um, uh, the professor benefits, the the chancellor, all those pieces that come together, I think are really cool. Now, also, the scoring is point salady is all get out. Mm-hmm. Like you're getting points multipliers for lots of different things, moving up on the track and the students and the professors and the the student tiles that also give you additional victory points. Like there's lots of things that add to that point saladiness. And I like it a lot. So for me, I did not love this game the first time I played it, but then with more plays, I've really enjoyed it. In fact, I'm I'm right there with John. I'm an eight. Wow. In fact, this is our first Meeple town seal of 2020 of a 2020 release. 2020 release. Hey, let's do, I think, is that right? Yes, it is. At the same time, let's do an eighties, a maple town seal or something like that together okay ready no what one, right now yeah okay. one two three a meat are you kidding me dean <laughs> i don't know what you want mm, me to we're just gonna say maple town seal like uh 80s style like we're um wayne's world or or bill and ted or something all right I'm just, this is just i'm just this, i'm just coming off the off the hoof here ready one, Meeple two, town. No, no, no. One, two, Me- three. One, two. <laughs> I did it's it. like the office when they're trying to take the picture and they're all jumping at different times. All right. One, two, three. Meeple town. Excellent. Excellent. Party on, John. Party on, Dean. Wow. That is the official. Can you take that clip? No. And then put it on every single thing we do? No. How am I going to do that? I want on the video. I want to go Maple Town Seal, whoosh, and a Maple Town Seal logo comes up. How about that? Can we get a seal noise? Yes. Maybe with a witch laughing in the background. <laughs> that would be. I hilarious. was expecting it. That'd be scary. High praises from John and I. Eight and a half from both of us. This game is excellent. It is excellent, excellent, excellent. In fact, we're going to be going back and revisiting some some other games. That's it. I mean, we'll just tell them at the yeah. end. So we did not compare this to Coimbra, to Lorenzo Il Magnifico, um, same designers. Probably won't get to Egizio. Probably don't have time to replay that. And you have never played that one, actually. Not yet. No, yeah, yeah. no. But at least those three, uh, next episode is going to be us reviewing. Showdown in Meepleton. Yeah, reviewing Coimbra, reviewing Lorenzo Il Magnifico, and comparing this with Alma Mater. So if you're enjoying these style of games, hope you enjoy our next episode. Yep, and if you remember right, Coimbra that I played the first time did not enjoy it, but I've really wanted to go back and revisit it. So yeah, it's one of those that you want to do. That. Last thing before we move on to our top five, Dean, is is it worth it? I don't know how much is it, John. 
I am looking up on board game prices, which I thought, yep, mm, $48, $49, under 50 Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, wow. Totes worth it. Way worth it. Way worth it. This is a great production for that. That that does not seem high to me at one. all. That's another one. Come on, Edgar Spiel. Sending me Bump ga- your price up? Is no, sending oh. me, not send, <laughs> sending me games without the pieces and rejecting every request. My thousands of requests for this game. Oh, John on his high horse again. <laughs> uh, I love your guys' games, and I want to develop a great relationship, but you all must hate me. Oh, my I'm goodness. <laughs> all right, I'm not going to whine about it. I think that's worth it. That That's a great price for a really, really fun game. Enough to get a Meeple Town seal. Eight and a half from both of us. Let's go on to our top five card drafting games. All right, Dean, so I know I've said like four times, I think, before we get to our... Oh, we're going to actually do this before the top five. Uh, clarification, this is actually being recorded at the end of the oh. podcast. So now we're putting this, Dean's putting this in somewhere into the episode. I'm not exactly sure where, but I wanted to talk about this really quick, and Dean did as well. Super cool that Rick from Game Point Cafe in Nashville actually responded, uh, sent us an email two episodes ago, was it, Dean? When we were asking, we made the comment, what is the average price of a game at a board game store? That's right, because we were talking about how much you spend per year, if I remember Exactly, right. and Rick actually has it calculated up, which is awesome. So Rick says, right now, the average game retail or the average price excuse me at game point is $36.20. Wow. So that that's not full MSRP, that's their disc that's their pricing that they do their discounted pricing, but $36.20. I think I guessed $40. I think I was in the 40 range cuz I was thinking of cuz there definitely are the the you know $20 games, the $15 games out there. So are you surprised by that? Yes, you thought I, be I, I think mine was like fifty, if I remember right, uh, because I was I was thinking the higher end of games, but I wasn't thinking about all the card games and things like that. Yeah, so. and I'm, now I'm wondering, and Rick, you don't have to respond to this, but I'm wondering if card games, like specific, like I'm thinking of like Pokemon and stuff like that, is included. I don't know what they if they sell that there. You know what I mean? Like because those could be pretty cheap and really bring down the price. So you're looking um, at if somebody's going to spend a thousand dollars, it's more like two and a half games a month that they're buying. If you're looking at the average. if you're looking at that average price, so okay, Rick, you are awesome. You are. Thank, thank you. you for doing that. Seriously, by the way, Rick always pulls through on questions like this that we have. He does crushes it. So yep. thank you for that. Now let's get on to our top five. All right, Meeple Town. Today we are doing a top five, our top five card drafting games. Can you believe? Can you believe we haven't done this yet? Yeah, we talked about this. I can believe it. Months ago. Yeah, we have. And then we didn't do it. We haven't done it, but now we have. <laughs> oh wow! About okay. to, well, we have not yet. About to do it. So this is Dean and I. These are card drafting games, but this time we decided that it is a mechanic in the game. But we're not talking about pure card drafting games. So it doesn't have to be a game a la Seven Wonders, Sushi Go Party, or whatever, Sushi Go, where you're just drafting and moving on. But, at least for me, Dean, I wanted card drafting to be a main mechanic in the game. Something that you're doing every round, or that it really matters in the game. Not just, like Alma Mater we just talked about. It does matter in the game, but it doesn't, it's not, it's just at the beginning of the game and that's it. Now, there is one game on this list that may fall under that, but it's so vitally important, I had to put it on the list. Let's do it. You want to go first? You may go first. I don't give... Yeah, go for it. Okay. Give a rip. So, speaking of that, I went ahead and put it on, Dean. My number five is a game where you only draft at the beginning of the game, but it is so vitally important 
it basically can help you win or lose the game. And you use those cards throughout the game. So even though you're not drafting constantly, the way you draft, you're still using those cards, right? So you, mm-hmm. And you can't play them all at one time. So it's not like something where you draft cards and you get a you know, group of supplies or something and then that's it. It's like, no, these cards you have to use. And it is one of the three Uwe Rosenberg games I have on this top five list. It's actually the only one. I just wanted to say that so that Dean would be like, are you kidding me? I was surprised you didn't initially have this on. Then you changed I, it was mind. number six. And it was because of the, that can it's we, only at the beginning. Can we hear what the game is? Agricola. Okay. Um, and and it, was, I was, it was waffling back and forth because I was a little like, ugh, it's only at the beginning. But it matters so much in Agricola, I thought it would have to put it on there. I really enjoy that part of the game. I love opening up the game. And then as you progress through the game, making sure you're making those cards work. Absolutely love it. That's my favorite part of Agricola. Yeah, I think that um, this one will not make my list, but I it it would be somewhere in my top twenty, probably. I would say get it up. Uh, but I'm I'm higher. way I'm way with you on that one. I think that the drafting in this is interesting and and the way to play. Like you don't have to play that way, but it is the way to play this game for sure. Yep. Uh, there's some other ones like that too. I may may actually probably don't have them on my list. I'm, I tried to go pure purer drafting as best I could. But if I got into my top 10, I definitely would break that a little bit. Ready for my number five? I'm ready. My number five is weighted 1.16. Wow. How was that? That's that's a pretty low-weighted game. That is a low-weighted game. You would think, John, that that would be Sushi Go. That's what you're thinking, right? You're thinking Sushi Go since it's weighted that low. I'm not. You're thinking point salad, and you would be correct. (laughs) Is it weighted (laughs) 1.1? Point salad is weighted 1.16 out of 5. No way. It's not. I don't know what to tell you. It is a 2-6 to six player game, and in point salad you are drafting... It is easy. ...vegetables. One of six type of vegetables. And <laughs> when you do that, you're also hey, drafting Brian these... Brian Wilson, little vegetables, baby. You're also drafting these you know talking about? point cards. I, I, I'm talking here. Vegetables. The song? All right, you're also drafting these point cards. Get out of here! Which are um, which are going to give you points at the end of the game for what type of vegetables you have. So, like, you have a card that might give you points for carrots, so you want to try to collect a lot of carrots. But it also might say you really don't want onions. You're actually going to lose points if you have onions. So you don't want to yeah. have a lot of onions. There is some player interaction with, with the drafting. Now, this is a different style of, like, I have my hand of cards. I take one and pass it along. You're actually looking at cards on the table, and they're either on the... Um, uh, you're going to be drafting from those those stacks of cards, mm-hmm. and it, so it's a little bit of different. I don't forget what you call that kind of drafting. Maybe Win- Winchester. Well, I don't know Walter style drafting. Wah, wah, I have no idea. Wabash Cannonball drafting. It starts with a W. I'm pretty sure Winchester is what we're going to call it. I'm I'm barely listening right now. Anyway, <laughs> it's, it's that style drafting. Really enjoy Point Salad. I actually gave this quite high praises whenever we reviewed this last year. It's a lot of fun. If you haven't played this one, check it out. I do enjoy it. It was maybe my number one um, game that I was using, have been using since last year for new people. So there you go. All right. So my uh, number... I think that's Winchester drafting. Yeah, I... Is okay. that what it's called? I think so. My number four is a game that I've talked about a decent amount. And Dean has as well. I'm going to guess this may be on his list. It is my favorite pure card drafting game. That's Seven Wonders. Seven Wonders is a fantastic game. I always want to play it, um, especially you add some of the expansions. 
makes it even better, but I can also bring it out with, I still think it's Gateway Plus, actually. Some people, it's weighted at 2.33, but I think the way the resources work and stuff, brand new people, it takes them a minute to wrap their heads around. I cry foul on this one. Okay. Number four. Yeah. It's your number one, no doubt. I I would have bet a lot of money that this would have been your number one. Oh, yeah. No, but I mean, we're doing games that have it as the mechanic in it, not that it's the number one. I've got a lot of games. That's literally not what I said at the beginning. It's you said that no, it's not just drafting. <laughs> no, that, I, I'm totally kidding. It's it's fine, but I'm very disappointed in you. Okay, what's your number four then? <laughs> Bring it on. My number four is a Richard Garfield game. What do you no think it way. is? You're talking about Carnival of Monsters. Oh, that's no, that would have made my short list though. That was up there. That I think that's probably top ten Carnival of Monsters. You might be thinking Magic the Gathering. I think no, you played that. I'm not thinking that. All right, how about? A game about adorable bunnies building cities. Bunny Kingdom. Harvesting carrots. You like that game a Bunny lot. Bunny Kingdom. Yep. You really like Bunny Kingdom. Yeah, Bunny Kingdom. I've never played it. It's a lot of fun. And it actually has a lot of really big similarities to my number three game on the list. And what you're doing is you're going to be drafting cards and you are going to be uh, using those cards to place bunnies out on the board with the um, on the grid. So mm-hmm. that a card will be like a D2 and you put your bunny in the D2 spot. Um, it might allow you to, uh, place different resources down on, down on a specific part of the board that you want to place later on. They also might have victory point conditions. Like if you meet this condition, then you'll, you'll draft that card and keep it to the end of the game and then get those victory points at the end of the game. Yeah. I really like this one. I will say the scoring of this one is a little bit, a little bit tricky to grasp at first because you're gaining points. Um, you're getting like multiplier points per how many bunnies that you have in your fief. Uh, and, and part of that can be kind of tricky. And then based on how many like um, resources, uh, vegetables again, but how many like the resources that are in that area. So it can be kind of tricky first time you play. Also, you're not going to score very many points until the end of the game. And then it's like those points are reproducing like bunnies. I mean, they, yeah. you get a lot, a lot of points at the end of the game. Nice one. one. You like that? Nice one. Okay. That's Bunny yeah. Kingdom. I really enjoy this one quite a bit. I heard about this one a lot back in the day. I don't hear about it as much these days, but it's still a lot of fun. Yep. There you go. Uh, I've never played it, so that's that. You Number like three it. is a game that I really enjoy. Dean, we talked about it. Uh, Ginkopolis. And I think that you didn't have it on this list mainly because you didn't feel like it was the drafting part was a huge mechanic explain explain yourself he says mm-hmm. uh, no i think drafting is very important in this game i think it's because it's not the only thing that i just love about this game and that's kind of why that's not true to all these i guess but anyway it's not like it has so many different mechanisms in the game it's hard to pin it on just drafting why i like the game yeah so that's that's why it's not on my list but it, it probably still would have made maybe maybe top 10 i don't know probably top 10 yeah, I mean, in this game, the drafting part is every time you do it, you do a turn, you're all going to draft a card. You have what four cards? Is that right, Dean? I mean, yes, that's. I correct. think it's that. And you're going to pick a card, and that's your action for the turn. And then you're going to. So it's kind of interesting in the game. Like you're going to draft, and like you do in other games, but it not only is you got the card, but it's going to either set off your engine, or you can put tiles out on the board, and then you're going to pass. So it's like you're. It's like a regular card drafting game, but you get other actions you know i don't know how to explain that but it's so i like that about the game i think it's kind of cool that you're doing that for your action so geekopolis is a wonderful game 
I can't wait for it to be released wider. And I've, we've had people after we talked about it in our top 50 say, and now it's on my radar. And it should be. It's a really good game. I think this may have been in a top tile placement game. I'd have to go back and look at that list. But I feel like if I had played it at that point, it probably would have made that list. There you go. I don't have that list in front of me, though. Boom. Good game. Excellent game. Top 15 game for me. Something like that. 20. Yeah, it's so good. All right, my number three is a game similar to Bunny Kingdom. This one released last year. Isle of Cats. I love cats. I love cats. Isle of Cats. You hear the difference? I heard the difference. I, I just don't. Isle of Cats is very similar. It's, okay, it's very different, but it, it has some similarities to Bunny Kingdom in the card drafting mechanism of the game because you have these cards and the cards are going to do different things. You'll either get these, you know, you'll, you'll get these cat pieces that'll go on your board. You'll get these cages that you're going to, uh, that you're going to be able to uh, catch rescue the, the cats. Yeah, res- I was gonna say, I was gonna say trap and catch the cats, but rescue the cats. That's catch right. and release. Um, but it also has the cards that you draft that are going to give you in-game scoring at times too, and then also some that will just change the the rules of the game. Uh, yeah. And so I really like Isle of Cats. I really like the tile placement mechanism of this one as well, but the card drafting is a ton of fun. The other part about this one that I like, if, you, if you've if you played uh, Terraforming Mars, which slightly outside of my list, by the way, maybe like number six or seven or something like that, you have to think about the cards that you keep because you if you keep all of them, you're going to have to spend money for those, right? Sure. Like in Terraforming Mars. For yeah. these... You, you you have to you have to spend to keep those cards and it might not be valuable. You might end up keeping a lot of cards that you don't actually use. And so you really, you really have that. to be careful about that. And I I tend to really like that. Um so this has that similarity with, with Terraforming Mars in that way. You guys have heard my opinion on it. It's it's one of those games where I think it's kind of like a lot of the Euros that I enjoy that I think other people may say it doesn't do anything super special. I don't really get why they like it that much. That's kind of how I feel about Isle of Cats, but That's for uh, but for other people, it comes together really well and it sings. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's a more interesting game than Alma Mater in that sense. I think yeah, it's it more mean, unique than Alma Mater is. Yeah, maybe, but that doesn't mean anything. You just said that the reason why you didn't like it is because it's nothing special. What I'm saying is, is I normally don't care. I don't care about that. Like that's what I'm. I'm basically saying like people say that about me all the time, and I'm like, I don't care that it's not unique. It's just a good game that flows great. And I guess, and that, that's what I'm saying about Isle of Cats is I don't, to me, I didn't feel like there was anything like that. I'm sort of being a hypocrite, but I'm just saying it just did. I'm not being a hypocrite. I'm just saying it didn't do anything for me. That's it. Like, but that's fine though. I'm not, that's, I'm not dogging it. If we ever do I a think video great of my di- biggest disappointments of 2019, I would say it would be John. My, my, <laughs> wow. Just in John's general. opinion All on of Isle of Cats. Yeah. It just didn't, I just didn't, I just thought it was, you know, oh, okay. I love this game. Yeah. It was just, it's just okay. It's. I don't know. I just feel like I'm doing the same thing. I don't know. Anyways, my number two overall <laughs> is a game that uh, I thoroughly enjoy. Thoroughly enjoy. It spans time through the ages. A new story of civilization. Dean's smiling. He's not sure to think about that. You know how I get mad at you for your list sometimes? He's mad because he doesn't think this is drafting. No, no. It's drafting. No doubt. You just don't know why this is ahead of other stuff? I just I have my opinions. And through the ages, the drafting, there's a bunch of cards on top, and you don't have to take a card every round. You probably will take cards every round. This is very drafting, by the way. I'm not not disappointed in this as much as I am that now that I realize you left one off your list, that should have been on here. Maybe I forgot. Maybe. Okay. But this game, 
it's all about the cards and the card play. Right, right. And that it's super important throughout the game. I just really, really enjoy this game. One of that I don't own that I really have, I'm literally looked it up to look at the price while we were here because I'm like I think I can get this but the problem is I just don't think my wife's gonna like it because of the meanness that I like this be. game I like it I, I've only played the app but. yeah I just I think it's I like it's it, rem, it reminds me of terraforming Mars with the card play in the sense of it's not you know but like it's really the engine that runs the game mm-hmm. is getting the right cards and getting them to flow correctly I like games like that where all the most of the cards a lot of them at least in this game are different and so it really raises the replayability through the roof because the way you're getting the cards, you you're not going to just build the same thing every time. Right, right. You know, it's I like this one that the jumping ahead part. Like, do I jump ahead? The push me push your luck me- mechanism of do I jump ahead and take these cards that I really want to get, or are they going to fall down to me a little bit later? Yeah, so. and they can be really expensive on your action points. Right. Uh huh. And that's especially at the beginning of the game when you have what, four, I think, in a lot of your original start civilizations. So like jumping two or three is like that's super costly. Yeah, this is it's a fun good. game. I really want to play the physical copy. I think I would really. Yeah, I will it. get this uh, if I minimally. I'll get this by Christmas, Dean, and then we can remember when we talked about having our civilization day mm-hmm. like you know a year ago but that was before covid that's true so we're gonna make this happen all right that's my number two what's your number two my number two is a game that was my number one game of all time and it's number two on this that's list. why you're mad you're <gasps> mad i didn't put this on the list no 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 this isn't it this was close though i don't want to talk about it i want to talk about it out after the show because okay. i think you forgot this one maybe oh maybe i did all right, Blood Rage. Yeah, I like. I, I thought about it. It's short list for me for sure. I didn't anticipate this one being on your list, um, but but I love. It was pretty close. I love the card drafting in this one because like there's so many cool directions to go in this game, like getting monsters, getting clan upgrades, getting uh, getting the the quest to go on, getting yeah. your attack cards. Like there's so many different cards that you can get, and those decisions become very difficult. Like what do I want to get? It would be great to get this fantastic monster that has this giant miniature and it's going to be very intimidating <laughs> to the other players. Yeah. But I also would love to have this quest card that's actually going to give me points and that's the, how you win the game. Yeah. Or an upgrade that could really benefit you the rest of the game. That's right. Yeah. There's so many different directions to go in this game and those decisions are very tough. And so I love, love the drafting in this game. It's I think good. it's phenomenal. And it actually is my favorite game of this whole list, but it's number two as far as drafting game goes. There you go. Games go. Boom. Blood Rage. Blood Rage. All right, Dean, so my number one will be no surprise for anyone. It is a surprise because I thought it was Seven Wonders. Yeah, that's true. It's Concordia. <clears throat> are you not... A, are you not... Are you, are, you don't like that pick? I mean, in Concordia... You think it's because it's not... I mean, it's a main mechanic of the game. You have a row of cards that you are drafting, and the cards that you draft are not only cards that give you in-game scoring, but also are in your hand, and it really matters. I do... I will say this is kind of a boring pick for me because I've got Concordia pretty high, but if you listen to my top 50, it did get knocked off, so I'm not picking it for everything anymore, for sure. But I'm just being honest. I mean, that's... You remember how angry I was when you put Orleon as your worker placement pick? Yeah, you don't like this pick, and this is pure. And this is purely card drafting. Don't forget, there are <laughs> games that have dice drafting or, you know, something, other draftings, tile drafting or something like that that we're not doing. So this is just straight up card drafting. FYI, number one, Concordia, fantastic game. If you haven't played it, oh, it is a fantastic game. Is it a fantastic pick? Mm. Yes. Thanks, Dean. <laughs> 
Yes, John, it's a I fantastic was... pick. Here's Remember the how I said too. I was bad at impressions? Uh, I just nailed that one of you. John and I's conversation went like this. Let's do let's do a top five drafting. Do you want to do tie, dice, cards, or both? And I said cards. Okay, we'll do cards. And that was it. So like we didn't have any qualifications. In my mind, and this is this is the way my mind thinks, I guess. I want to pick like those pure drafting. Yeah. Uh, then this is, but there's a, so many more things that I like better about Concordia than the drafting in this one. The drafting is a big part of the game. You're absolutely right. It's a huge part. It, it's the most important part in my IMO, in my opinion, is which cards you're drafting, when to draft the cards, how to because they count as points and help your hand so anyways i am ho this is a terrible pick get out <laughs> just, of here what's your number one so i can just kidding you will not knock my number one okay seven wonders uh, oh <laughs> i mean good job dean i thought for sure this was going to be your number one um and it's it is my favorite like pure card drafting game like i love blood rage card drafting obviously it was my number two but there's so many other pieces to the game that i like that it all comes together right yeah um with seven wonders is just the card drafting yep. like there, there's some other ones like this that i considered there's not a ton of games like this but like carnival of monsters you mentioned mm-hmm. um the treasure hunter game i don't know if you played that one i think that one is um oh goodness is that richard garfield too i don't know i don't remember i'm not talking about my honorable mentions know. right now but i just want to mention like that's kind of where my mind was like yeah. this traditional i have a hand of cards I'll pass a card or keep a card, pass the cards, that sort of thing. Even though point salad wasn't that game. But anyway, seven wonders, you're drafting cards, taking a card, putting it into your tableau that might give you resources that you use to build other cards, but you don't have to actually spin those cards. Mm -hmm. You get victory points um, with your, your blue building cards you get um, or monument, whatever they're called science cards, military, and all those are different ways that will gain you points to win the game and i really really like seven wonders i love that you can play it so fast with so many people mm. and it feels so satisfying when you get done with that which is why in general why i really like drafting games because you're everyone's doing this thing at the same time typically and it feels satisfying that you can play like you can do a lot and everyone's doing that at the same time if that makes yeah. sense like simultaneous play that it does you get from card drafting that i love yep i mean there's no downtime hardly in this game no, and it feels it feels smooth. It feels silky smooth. Love it. Uh, I mean, yeah, heck yeah, man. Love this game. Yep, yep. Seven Wonders. I definitely recommend getting this one. If you don't have it, pick this one up for sure. The expansions of this are, especially the cities and the um, leaders expansions, are really good. I think. I just love how that game doesn't get old for me. I mean, I I remember the first time I played it, I was like, this game is awesome, and I still love the game. It mm-hmm. hasn't slipped. It really hasn't. The more actually, it has risen for me. The more I think about just the brilliance, the simple brilliance of the game. It's one of those that you know it doesn't often get to the table as much as I'd like, but when it does, you're instantly reminded why you love this game so much. Absolutely, yeah, wonderful game. So that's my number one, Seven Wonders. And John, why don't you tell people how they can get in touch with us? We're going to wrap up episode number fifty-four. Let's do it. If you're enjoying our podcast, we'd love for you to rate it, subscribe to it. If uh, you listen to a on a platform that you can subscribe. We're now on Amazon Music. I just got an email about that. Hey, how about that? Board Game Geek is nothing to do with what I'm saying right now. I don't know why I said that. Board Game Geek. MeepleTownGames.com is our website. We're also at MeepleTown Games on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we're Board Game Geek Guild 3407. Thanks for coming down to MeepleTown.
All right. My guess. Oh my gosh. Is that I'm going to get a lot of praise for my list and you're going to get a lot of, a lot of uh, flack. No way. Why? Like our worker placement list. No, I'm no, I'm not. Pure car drafting. We didn't say it was pure car drafting. There was no, there was no specification. We, I even said in the text, let me go back to the text. Let's go back to the, to the replay. (laughs) All right. I'm looking right now. I'm going to go to it right now, right now. This may this may take a minute, but I'm going back right now. <laughs> I've got oh no, no no that's a different text. All right, here we go. Let's yes, let's do top five drafting since it has draft. Okay, you're talking about the beginning of alma mater. The main mechanism is worker placement, but we did that. What are you talking about? Oh, here's what and I then, think. And then I said drafting is in the game, not the main mechanic. And you said exactly. I thought you were clarifying what I was saying. No. Oh, okay. Yep. I still think they're going to like my list. So we went back to the replay. I win. 